You are listening to Preaching and Teaching on the Man of God Network of Podcasts. This resource combines expositional sermons and lectures from the classroom of Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary to help equip listeners for the work of the ministry. Now, what I want to do next, um, as we talk about this third structural strand, I haven't really gotten to it. Remember when I told you um, that um, the first structural strand, relations of subsistence, second structural strand, the processional relations of personal origin, the third structural strand is perichoresis, or relations of coherence. Here's what I want to do. I want to give you the, what, what I'm, I'm going to call this the kind of, of um, it's a kind of focusing macrostructural strand. And it is the most, probably the most complex. Um, but I want to talk now about the, the perichoresis. In Van Til's, in chapter 17 of, of IST, Van Til quotes Charles Hodge on page 225, where Hodge, in his uh, Systematic Theology, volume 1, page 461, speaks about perichoresis. And I need to develop this for you because this is, I think this lays at the foundation of a robust Reformed Trinitarianism. Hodge says that as the essence of the Godhead is common to the several persons, they have a common intelligence, will, and power. There are not in God three intelligences, three wills, three efficiencies. The three are one God and therefore have one mind and will. This intimate union among the persons who are one, in essence, this intimate union of persons who are one in essence, was expressed in the Greek church by the word perichoresis, which the Latin words in extensia, in hebatio, and intercommunio were used to explain. Now, this, this language then of, of uh, relations of personal coherence, perichoresis, Hodge says that Perichoresis is what the, um, the Greek church used, the Latin church. Um, intercommunio is particularly important. A communion, a dwelling in one another. Hodge says then the, that, that, that perichoresis involves, quote, an intimate communion, pardon me, union, communion, and inhabitation. So Hodge, when he's talking about this indwelling, he says it involves a union, a communion, and an inhabitation of the persons of the Trinity. Now, please 
I think I said earlier that I was at the most complex level. We're back there, just just again. Um, and and I, I want you to I want your minds to to be attuned to this. Logically speaking, when you're when, when we've unfolded this logically, what did we start with? Unity of God and relations of subsistence. Then we went to the personal properties and relations of procession. And now we are in the indwelling of these persons who are God in relations of coherence, union, communion, and inhabitation. Um, this is, for it, once you put these three structural strands together, brothers, this is the beatitude of the Trinity. Perichoresis is the beatitude of the triune God. The Father who is God, the Son who is God, the Spirit who is God. The Son who is from the Father and the Spirit who is from the Father and the Son dwell in one another in union, communion, and inhabitation. Dwell in one another in relations of personal co-inherence. This is the ineffable and archetypal beatitude of the triune God. And Charles Hodge, um, uh, we had a student do some work on this at uh, the seminary where I used to teach. And Hodge was particularly dependent on the work of Francis Turretin. Turretin, I think, gives the classically reformed doctrine of perichoresis in his Institutes uh, 1.257. And listen to what he says. He says the term imperichoresis, and so for, um, for uh, Turretin, he's, he's speaking um, properly here in terms of the pronunciation, imperichoresis. It was not used, he says, without reason to describe, and listen to this language, the intimate mutual union of the persons of the Godhead. So, so person dwelling in person. He said that um, that can be inferred when the Son is said to be, quote, in the Father and the Father in the Son, John 10, 38 and 14, 11. They thought this mystery could not be better expressed than by the phrase enalion imperichoresin, a mutual intertwining or in existence and eminence, so as to designate thus that union by which the divine persons embrace each other and permeate each other if it is right to say so. So that although always existing and remaining distinct, yet they are never separated from one another, but always coexist wherever one is, the other also really is. Now, this, this doctrine then takes for granted, you have to appreciate this, takes for granted, presupposes the relations of subsistence, takes for granted and presupposes logically the relations of personal origin, the processional relations, and then says that the 
the, at the heart of Trinitarian theology is this mutual permeation and indwelling of person in person within the Godhead. And so Turretin uses two descriptions here to, to tease out what this involves. Mutual permeation is the first one. The, the persons permeate one another in their relations. Now, I have tried to explain this in various contexts, but let me say something along these lines. When we talk about Trinitarian persons permeating one another, this is what you have to recognize. They dwell perfectly and exhaustively in one another without their personal identities being fused or lost. Person remains distinct from other person in an entirely interior relation of, perme of personal permeation. We can't attain that. Let, let me tell you why. Um, I am always, no matter how close we are in the Lord in this age, and even when we are joined as the church uh, triumphant, as one body in Christ, and reach perfect unity in Christ, you will always be external to me, and I will always be external to you as embodied, rational creatures. That's just the way it is. There's, there's, a, there's a, a separation, a distance between created persons. In fact, sin does what? It exacerbates and radicalizes the separation of person from person, right? But what Turretin is getting at is this, that the way, now, now hear this, the, I know it's late, but at least we haven't been doing this all day, right? Um, <laughs> That, that's, that's the good sign. But as person is dwelling in person, each is the indivisible divine essence. So there's, there's no way to separate these persons because what? Each person is without remainder one God. So, so there's, there's no separation of person from essence. And so in the same way, there's no separation from person indwelling person. There is perfect interior indwelling. So I think I, I might have used this as an illustration in various contexts. I'm not going to put it on the board. But you know how we will use a Venn diagram to show how circles have, can have points of overlap and then points where they're not overlap? A Venn diagram cannot capture the way persons exhaustively permeate and dwell inside one another while remaining distinct. But that's the point of perichoresis. The personal identity, listen, the personal identity is not fused or forfeited as there is an entirely interior permeating relation. So, as, as difficult as that is to conceive, Turretin uses an easier image that I think helps us come at least closer to something we can get our minds around. He says the persons um, 
embrace each other in the ineffable interiority of coherent relations. Now, this conception needs all the attention we can give it. Because not only is there mutual permeation, there is a mutual embrace. And the best analogy that we can, I think we can come up with is the way in a, a, a marital union, husband embraces wife in the closest and most intimate form of human relation. There is a bond that is so intimate, it's a one flesh union where person is joined to person in the closest conceivable relation that doesn't obliterate personal identity. Something along that line is in view when the persons embrace one another. There, it's, a, it's a permeating relation of mutual personal embrace that has its analogy either in the one flesh union of man and woman, but possi possibly, maybe even more helpfully, the religious fellowship bond in covenant, where the secret of the friendship of the Lord, Psalm 25, 14, he shows to those in his covenant, right? What is, what is covenant? Um, covenant is a relation of, of friend walking with friend, dwelling with friend, conversing with friend, um, and where, where the, the sovereign God who dwells in eternity condescends to be the blessedness and reward of the creature in covenant. Something along those lines is, is, is archetypally present in perichoresis. So perichoresis is a kind of concept, and, and I, I've put it this way before, and I, th I think it's fine. It's a, it's a capstone of all Trinitarian relations. Each person subsists as the entire divine essence. Each person is related personally to the others in processional relations of personal origin. But as such, each person permeates, indwells, and embraces the other in pure and unqualified beatitude. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Preaching and Teaching, brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. CBTS is a confessional Reformed Baptist seminary which provides affordable online theological education to help the church in its calling to train faithful men for the gospel ministry. To learn more, visit cbtseminary.org.